Hello, everyone in chat, if you can hear us. I hope you had a good Monday. Yeah, I can see us. Okay. All right. We're ready? <laughs> yeah, I've hit record, yeah. Okay. All right. So, welcome to episode 12 of Push to Shout. I'm Brutal Compowder. I'm Skippy Sigmatic. And we're going to talk about some video games. So, how was your week, Skippy? Uh, uneventful. I didn't do a whole lot uh, involving video games, really. I uh, actually, like, I'll tell you, I'll start out uh, with an example of how uneventful and boring and awful my week has been. Not awful, just boring. Uh, the two video games that I've played the most of are Desert Golfing, which I mentioned, <laughs> which I mentioned last uh, last week, I think. Um, which I'm gonna pull it up real quick and check what hole I'm on. 834. <laughs> so I played a lot of Desert Golfing for some reason. I don't know why I can't stop playing that game, but like it's just so easy to pick up and do like two holes in like 15 seconds that I just build up. It builds up over the day. Um, and I downloaded uh, another mobile game called Crossy Road, uh, what? which is a, it's a fantastic name, first of all. So is Desert Golfing, but I think Crossy Road's a little bit better of a game, of a name, but, uh, and of a game. Uh, but uh, it is basically Frogger. Actually, not basically. It is Frogger, but without a goal. So you just go as far as you can. Uh, it is really basic. Uh, you just tap the screen to jump one one slot further, and then you can swipe left or right to go left or right. Uh, and if you take too long, a hawk will pick you up and fly you fly away with you. Uh, That's mean. Yeah, it's a free-to-play game. Uh, what I actually kind of like about it, is, though, is that, like, the free-to-play shit is kind of in your face, I guess, but it doesn't, like, it doesn't impede at all upon the gameplay because the gameplay is so simple that there's no way they could make the free-to-play, like, affect it in any way. All you can do is is, like, buy coins to get more different kinds of animals and shit. I don't know. It's fun. I recommend it highly, actually. I like the... I like the, uh... The sound design and stuff is really funny in it. It's kind of hard to explain, but, like, I think you start with a chicken, or at least I started with a chicken, and it makes funny sounds. It's... It's the most fucking basic and just childish game, but I've been having fun with it for some reason. Um, let's see. Let me see what else I've written down for my week. Oh, yeah. I'm probably gonna talk about this later, actually. But it's worth mentioning now that I, I've, I've watched quite a bit of the Awesome Games Done Quick thing that was happening this week. Uh, if you're not aware of it, it's Speedrunners. I think I mentioned this last week as well. Speedrunners, uh, they get together, and for like six days in a row, like 24 hours a day, they just speedrun shit. And uh, it's pretty cool. There's some cool stuff on there, uh, cool people, and they do it for charity, and it's fun to watch. Uh, it's all on YouTube, but unfortunately there's like some sync issues with the audio, which drives me insane. There's nothing I hate more than audio being out of sync with video. But, uh, I don't know, it's, most of it's watchable. Uh, so look it up. Look up. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what to look up later when I talk more about it uh, in the news section. Uh, and other than that, the only thing I've really been playing is like War Thunder, which I haven't even played very much of that. Uh, and there's nothing to report on. It's just War Thunder. And uh, I don't know. I've watched some of The Wire. Other than that, nothing. I've had a very uneventful week. So what's up with you? All right. All right. Well, I, uh, I'm i just going to talk about <laughs> what's been on my mind for the past several days, which okay. is uh, putting this new computer together. They're not new computer, but the the parts that I got, um, it's just 
it's given me the hardest time. It's not been a good day. Uh, for, for like the university network here, it just doesn't work at all. There's some certificate that it needs, and I downloaded it, and I don't know. The specifics would bore you, but I kind of want to share them because I've just been in this tedium for hours now, and I just have to inflict it on some other people. Um, <laughs> yeah, so anyway, long story short, uh, we had to push the podcast forward a little bit because I just could not get any installation of Mumble to work. This is a formatted OS and everything, so I, Mumble won't install or launch on the new version, so I had to downgrade it. It's just really weird and really fucked up, and nothing's installing quite right. Like, Internet Explorer couldn't download anything. I had to get somebody to Steam message me a link to the Chrome monitor. <laughs> it's so fucked, and I have no idea why. So that's going to be a, a project after this. But uh, So yeah, as far as video games go, I've been playing on a Wii U because I just purchased my own Wii U so that I'm not uh, using my brothers now that I'm back off to university. And, God, it's so fun. Smash Brothers, um, obviously, and then Mario 3D World I've been picking back up. That game's really good. Have you played... I guess you said you don't really play Nintendo games, right? I mean, I've, I've played Nintendo games at friends' houses and whatnot. Uh, no modern ones, like, at all, pretty much, for the last probably okay. five years. Because, yeah, the 3D World is just the happiest, like... Everything has this nice sheen to it. I don't, it's really hard to describe, but it's like all, like everything is matted slightly, and you can see just the little texturization of everything. It, it it's really nice, and um, like the smoke looks like it's actually the little smoke effects really subtle. Like if Mario is just running along the ground, the smoke effects are like actually physical. They're like three D bulboids that. That makes such a huge move. difference. It looks so good. It's really hard yeah. to describe. I've never seen it. I now. know what you mean. I, I know what you mean, though, because like there's very few games that do effects in a way that actually looks nice, I guess. Uh, a lot of the times they're like either flat thin. decals or or just like, yeah, a thin kind of uh, mist, but like I'm trying to like, think of the game that I'm like a 3D about. model that's changing shape. Yeah. Yeah. And like the steam that comes out of Bowser's nose for like one second in one cutscene is just so cool looking. Anyway, I, I don't think people gave that game enough credit for its uh particle effects if they even are particles. Anyway, I also picked up Desert Golfing. I <laughs> as addicted to it as you have, but while I was on the plane, um I probably got through like a hundred holes or so. So it's a pretty fun game. I'm it was even more minimal than I thought it was gonna be. It's... <laughs> I have uh, you hit the ball and that's it. There's no menu or anything. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for anyone who plans to do several hundred holes of desert golfing. <laughs> I have seen a, a cactus. Um, I saw a rock once, and when you hit the rock with the ball, the rock actually like tumbles and stuff. And I've seen two water hazards. Just a little thing of water, and if your ball goes in there, you have to restart. That is the only. Those oh oh I saw a cloud too. There was one little cloud, uh, and those are the only things that I have seen in that game. Well, <laughs> so I haven't seen anything yet. I have. It's only been sand and the ball <laughs> a lot of time. But I'm I'm kind of excited for those parts. If I did other things, I can't remember what they are. Uh, I mean. I don't know. It's just been a huge pain in the ass. Nothing quite worked right when I installed it, and I had to take three separate trips out in the sleet 
<laughs> the, like, each drive to the store is like half an hour, so it's just pissing me off today. Anyway, that's my week. Set a good, uh, a good tone for the rest of the show. Nice positive, <laughs> positive energy. I guess we can move right into news. Um, there's not much of it, but I mean, something's happened. Do you want to talk about awesome games done quick a little more? Or I, I do. Um, no, I, I've I've got quite a bit to say about it. Just uh, as far as stuff that I've personally that I personally watched, uh, I didn't watch a lot live. I just didn't have the time to. Uh, but I did see uh, this was at like four in the morning on like Thursday or something like that. Um, they they sped run Morrowind, which a lot of people know is maybe my favorite game or at least one of my favorite games of all time. Uh, that game is actually really interesting for speedrunning because there's well, not really interesting, but it's a little bit interesting for speedrunning. Um, I don't know why I would call it really interesting, because the one of the main, I guess one of the main criticisms of that game, and also one of the main uh, things people use to, to that, that people like about that game is is how broken you can make it be with in-game mechanics. So like, <clears throat> potions will stack on top of each other. You could just take them all at once, and the, and their effects will stack on top of each other. There's no limit to it. Same thing for spells or anything. All the effects just there's no boundaries to any of like the magic and stuff in that game. So like like there's this uh there's like a an image I've seen of like some 4chan screenshot or something where there's like <clears throat> someone telling their story about how they created a character in Morrowind where they had armor that fortified their health, uh, which means that it just gave them extra health. And but they equipped a weapon and the weapon is supposed to kill you when you equip it. It it removes your health. But the when they had the armor equipped, the the weapon wouldn't kill them. But then they couldn't take off the armor, or they would die. And so they they described themselves as like a walking undead that was kept alive by its armor, armor and shit. And and it's just kind of there's just neat little things like that uh, that you can do in the game, and like just make your speed like incredibly high by stacking the effects over and over. And a lot of them are glitches, but you can also do some crazy stuff with just stuff that isn't really glitches. It's just the magic system that's really uh, open ended. Uh, so he. He kind of exploits a lot of that shit to do the speedrun, and like halfway through the speedrun, he's just flying around the, the levels and like going outside the maps and shit and coming back into them because he's just moving so fast the game can't even figure out where he is. And uh, it, it's it's it only takes like thirty minutes to complete the game, and and he actually speedrun that he does does all the quests, and I think you can complete Morrowind in like literally five minutes uh, if you don't complete the quests because you can just go to a dungeon where one of the quests needs you to go to get, like, the weapon to beat the final boss. So you could just go straight there, get the weapon, and beat the boss. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, that was that was fun. Um, the, uh, there was a Tetris. I, I think I think pretty much everyone who's aware of uh, the speedrunning stuff probably watched this one. The, the Tetris uh, Grandmaster, I don't know, whatever thing. Like, Tetris is such a huge... Like, the, 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 guy, the people who are good at Tetris are really, really good at Tetris. Uh, it's kind of ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. Uh, if you haven't ever seen, I guess you would call it high-level Tetris, you need to look up Tetris AGDQ and just watch it. It gets crazy. And and they do a really good job of like scheduling it so that you think at the beginning that shit's crazy, but then like ten minutes later they're playing another version of Tetris and it's just like, holy fucking shit, and it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier. 
Uh, and I think they I think they actually beat a, at least a personal record on the stream, so that was kind of nice. Because um, a lot of, most of the time they don't beat their own even their own records, let alone like world records. But uh, that's that's really cool. Definitely check that one out. Like if I had to recommend one speedrun thing to watch, it would be that one, and it's not too long. So um, I watched. Uh, sorry, I watched a. Uh, I've got a lot to say about this. <laughs> I watched a Halo um, speedrun, which is. Halo is a game that, like, when it came out, shortly after it came out, I played through it so many times over and over, especially, like, cooperatively with my friend. We would just play it, and we would find all these little tricks and stuff to make the level load in a weird way or, like, skip parts of the map and stuff like that. And they're using these same tricks in the speedrun, which is just stuff that I haven't even thought about or seen for more than a decade. Uh, so that was kind of a nostalgia trip. Uh, it, it was fun. There's a Halo Legendary speedrun, which is pretty neat to watch. Uh, he does a really good job of like describing what what's going on in the game and stuff. Uh, it's surprising how good these guys are at, at commentating their own playthroughs of this stuff, but I guess they've done it so many times that it's just almost natural. Uh, and then there's a Halo 2 cooperative speedrun, which is also pretty interesting and, and well uh, commentated. Uh, there's... Uh, th everyone's been talking about this one. It's Actually, I'll save that one for later because maybe you know some about it. But... Uh, the other big one was a blindfolded Ocarina of Time playthrough. Did you see that? I didn't see that one. He, uh, a guy puts on a blindfold and just, like, using... Basically, the whole concept of how this works is that when you do, like, a sidestep or a backwards flip in, in Zelda, you're going, like, a set a set distance oh, every single God. time, no matter what. And so, yeah, so he'll, like, lock onto the wall so that he knows what direction he's pointed in, and he'll, like, backflip four times and sidestep six times to get to where he wants to be, and it's just, it is insane. No way. He, he completes almost the whole thing, that. yeah, and he completes almost the whole thing running backwards for some reason. I don't really know exactly why. I think it's to line up correctly. Like, he lines up and then just runs backwards. Um, it's, it's insane, and, and... It's really crazy. Like, he messes up a lot, obviously, because he's blindfolded, but it's crazy, actually, how efficient he is at it. And um, it, it's... So how does that work? When he messes up, how does he get back on track? He, like, he'll, like, kill himself or something like that, and he's, he knows where, you know, the restart point is, and he'll try again, um, oh or position himself to try again. There's, uh, there's some points where it's, like, he'll mess up, and he won't kill himself or anything. He'll just know, he knows the level so well that he can listen to, like, the footsteps... And so he knows when he's on grass or dirt or concrete or something like that. So he hears the footsteps and he knows where he is in the level. And like, it, it, it's really funny though because like near the beginning he's, uh, I don't know, I'm not very familiar with Ocarina at the time, but he's in a little indoor area, and he can't get out the fucking door. Like he can't find where it is, and it's like really <laughs> frustrates him. And he thinks he has to restart, but his character's just like running back and forth on the wall. <laughs> it's it's really entertaining. Uh, I actually haven't finished the run. I, I I plan to because that was a, a lot of fun. Um, so. Last thing, uh, for me at least, did you hear about the Tazbot? Tazbot? Tazbot. It's, uh, so are you aware of TAS, TAS, Tool yeah, Assistance Tool Speedrunning? Assistant. Yeah. Um, so that's a community of its own, and they, they like to show up to this, but the, they don't get as much time dedicated to them because I guess it's not like a live thing. Usually it's just a recorded uh, uh, session. But uh, they created this 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 bot using the Super Nintendo and hooking it up to, like, a computer. And it does some really weird stuff. Um, they kind of kept it secret what it was going to be doing, but they, they launch up Pokemon, and and it does, like, its recorded thing where it's, it's setting up a game. It, like, it does this weird name, 
like where it's just random looking random looking letters and shit, and they it presses save and it shuts off like in the middle of the save, and so they load up that save and everything about the game has changed somehow. <laughs> it, it gets really crazy. Um, all the Pokemon are removed and replaced with just like empty text boxes, and the bot is going through the text box boxes and like changing the quantity of like the items and stuff in these in the inventory system of Pokemon to code the game in some mysterious way that they're not they, that they don't reveal, and then the the screen like freezes. And everyone's like, oh, it messed up. And everyone thinks it's messed up because, like, for 15 seconds, it's just frozen on this image. And then it just starts artifacting and shit. And <laughs> the Twitch chat from the live stream starts scrolling through in the... I think this was a Game Boy Advance or something they were using. It, 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 they, they've coded the Twitch chat into Pokemon. And so they oh called it... God. They called it Pokemon Plays Twitch. <laughs> That is insane. It was really crazy. I, I, it was weird. I don't understand at all what the fuck they were doing, but, and I, I probably explained it wrong, even though I did a very basic job of explaining it. But like, it is Pokemon showing Twitch in the actual, like it's the Game Boy itself doing that. It, it's, it's weird. Um, it's really weird. You never, you need it, to. It wasn't uh, emulated. Uh, no, it's not emulated. It's the hardware, I believe. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's really crazy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you should have checked this. Out. I have to. Yeah, yeah, I I didn't see that much, and nothing I saw was that impressive. But I remember uh, a pretty interesting Portal Two speed run. Uh, just the just the weird little tricks they were exploiting in the engine. That you, of course you would have no reason to think that they're there at all, but. Of course, they're there too. Like uh, this, the guy doing it um, jammed himself between two pipes somehow, or like the geometry on a certain set of pipes, and he was totally stationary. But then the sound of him like falling would start to play, <sighs> and like he reaches maximum speed just by standing there in the pipes, portal <laughs> somewhere, and then he goes as fast as you possibly can in the game out. It's so weird, and. Um, he was doing all these weird... Of course, he's, like, bunny hopping or something the entire time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, like, the funnels that kind of push you around? Yeah. Yeah. So if you crouch in a certain way, you can jam yourself up against a wall and then just fly wherever you want. But when you do that, you can only control your um, your horizontal movement. Your vertical height is fixed while you do this. Right. And so what, what went up happening is this whole section... Like um, when you're when you're dealing with Wheatley, if in on the off chance anyone hasn't played Portal Two, I won't say <laughs> Play Portal Two first that. of all. <laughs> anyway, during that really long sequence where you're kind of running away, he was doing this to save a lot of time and skip a lot of puzzles. But because you can't control your height and there's lots of changes in height, he's having to like ramp himself off of tiny little protrusions in the geometry. Like if there's yeah. a a, a rock or something, he slants himself up and he just drifts like a long way and he has to curb down at exactly the right spot on his ascent too. It's it was really interesting. Yeah. And Valve it, Valve games make the most interesting speedruns because their engine is broken in a way that is totally exploitable but in a yeah. but also in a way that isn't boring. Like it's not like they're just walking on top of the level. They're fucking flying through the level and having to like <laughs> maneuver their character in these really weird ways. Yeah. And um 
they, they, they actually found that um, pipe glitch only through a mod for Portal 2 that like just came out in 2014 that I hadn't heard of, but it's called um, Aperture Tag. Have you heard of that? No. It's it's a mod that has like a whole set of um, individual test chambers, single player test chambers, fully voiced by like some amateur voice actors, and uh, the 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 hook is that instead of a portal gun, you have a gel gun that shoots the blue and orange gels. Oh, yeah, it. cool. It's really cool. Um, it's way more broken than Portal 2 uh, <laughs> because it was made by like an indie team of modders instead of Valve. So Portal 2 is extremely broken. Aperture Tag is just so broken for speedrunners. It's not broken if you're just playing normally, but because of how versatile the gels are and because of how good the speedrunners are, um, he was actually talking and he's like, I remember the first time through because I had already speedrun Portal 2, I broke every chamber on the first playthrough because they're just these obscure, the easiest, and I won't talk about it too long, but it's just so fascinating. The easiest thing to do is to put blue gel below you and above you, and then it just bounces you back and forth in a tiny little space, and you wind up going way, way too fast, and if he peeks out <laughs> just the right way, it's so cool. I like watching speedruns. It's a shame it's over. You actually, talking about this stuff, you reminded me of two things that I forgot to mention. One is uh, during the Tazbot block or whatever, They uh, another thing that they did, I don't know if this was, yeah, this was the Tazbot. Actually, the other thing might not have been technically the Tazbot, but this is because it's the SNES. Um, they play, I think it's Super Mario Brothers like 3 or something, um, and it's, it's being, you know, botted or whatever, and it starts playing, and, and Mario's doing, like, really weird movements and stuff in the uh, in the game. I mean, it's... it's it, If you don't understand what tool-assisted speedrunning is, it's it's usually a recorded uh, session of playing the game where they're do, they're editing it frame by, by frame so the controls can be extremely precise and they can make the game do stuff that a human would never be able to do with the game. Look it up. It's really interesting stuff, but... Uh, so they're, they're, play, they're going through the session, and Mario, like isn't doing a typical Taz run, it doesn't seem like. He's kind of just jumping around randomly and shooting weirdly, and they're like, this all has a purpose, we promise. And then it pauses. Uh, the game, like, freezes. And, again, like, kind of like the other one, like, it starts artifacting. Like, like uh, uh, characters and stuff, like, half of a character shows up on the screen and then, like, moves off the screen, and just weird shit starts happening. And the original Mario starts playing. You're fucking kidding me. They're playing it... In, in Super Mario, I mean, um, in, in, what is it, uh, yeah, Super Mario Bros. 3 or whatever, they're playing the original Mario, and they're really disappointed because it didn't, for some reason, it didn't work right, like, the, when they made the Switch, like, the program making the Switch is obviously something extremely complicated, and there's, like, artifacting all over the screen and shit, and it looks, like, really glitchy and stuff, they, the, the guys who made it are like, oh, this is, this is awful, you know, and, but, like, that's what's so cool about it is because you can just see it like trying to figure out how to how to show this game in a, another game. Like it is, it is so weird. I don't understand what the fuck they're doing. Um, I hope they're being paid a lot of money to do something really interesting, other than just doing this as a hobby. Because these guys are obviously very smart and knowledgeable about what they're doing. <laughs> That's insane. Yeah, and the uh, the other thing I saw was a uh, a Half Life Two speed run, which. First of all, that's always entertaining, and it's a uh, it's a post orange box Half Life Two speed run, and what that means is in um, 
Yeah, Super Mario World. Thank you. I I don't know my Mario games at all, obviously. Um, the uh, when Half Life Two first came out, there was that bunny hop glitch where you could just move forward and just accelerate your speed um, by jumping in at the right time and crouching or something like that. Uh, they 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 uh, Valve removed it in the Orange Box version of the game, and uh, but people have figured out that if you just run backwards, you could do the same thing. Oh my god! But you can't see where you're going. <laughs> um, <laughs> So this is a really entertaining. That's another really entertaining one to watch. Like uh, they get to the they get to the coast level. Uh, they can't really do it during the airboat level because you have to have the airboat with you. Uh, but they get to the coast level, and he turns around. Like you walk out that door where the crane is or whatever, uh, and he turns around and just starts going backwards and just launches himself into the tunnel. And then he he comes out of the tunnel and he again he turns around and like looks at a specific spot. He jumps backwards, hits a rock and just flies up in the air and goes over the water to a portion of the land, which the thing I didn't know about this level is that it, like, it's a big horseshoe that, uh, shape. And so he just jumps over the water and goes straight into another tunnel, and the whole level like lasts like 10, 10 seconds because he just jumps over the whole thing. Like, it, is, it is really entertaining to watch and just so broken. Like He just breaks the game in so many ways. Um, I have to see these. Yeah. I have to see these. I miss uh, <laughs> yeah, just I watch. I don't know if that was this year's though. I think I might have been watching a last year's. Speed, uh, I was just watching some of them on YouTube, and I was just searching for speed runs. But uh, yeah, check that out. And uh, th- this has nothing to do with what was what's been happening the last week. But a while ago, I watched. There's um, it's really popular to create like optimal runs where you edit together little segmented speed runs at yeah. save points to just make the fastest run possible because they can just try it over and over until it's perfect. Uh, there's a Half-Life 1 optimal speed run, <laughs> which is crazy. Um, they, I don't think there's a single moment in it where they're not moving at that incredibly fast jumping speed just through the entire Half-Life 1. Like, it is ridiculous. Uh, so check that out, too. Uh, lots to watch if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> there's lots of there's lots to watch if you're hosting the podcast. Jesus, there's so oh that sounds so cool. Yeah, it's okay. really exciting. So to move from something a little less exciting, uh, in fact, something horrible sounding, <laughs> if, if I'm reading this correctly, it's uh, Elder Scrolls Online console release date in February. Yes, finally, finally, Elder Scrolls Online is coming I out on consoles. The best. Uh, MMO. We've we've been waiting, we've been waiting, uh, we've been anticipating it and and playing playing waiting. the shit out of the PC version. I mean, just can't stop playing it. And finally, finally, it's coming out on consoles. Like it, it was a six month delay or something like that. Uh, it's not confirmed. It's just rumors. You know, there's been a lot of hype, you know, a lot of hype pretty... around these rumors. So so Bethesda came out and said, "Hey, no, we're not confirming." In all seriousness, anything. in all seriousness. Um, now I can finally postpone my suicide. Because, <laughs> yeah. This is exactly what I needed. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, I, I actually, this, this, this news story, the reason that I even put it on here is because I, it, I, took, I spent days on my uh, year in review video, and in those days of brainstorming and thinking of what I was going to have it about, Elder Scrolls Online, which I played in the year of 2014, I played the beta... Never entered my mind. Never, e- I never even thought of it. Like I completely forgot that game existed. <laughs> I got uh, some kind of invite to it. I don't know how. I guess everybody just got one by the end or something. 
Yeah. Uh, I never installed it. I just wanted to see. I, I wanted to see what it was like, and it was. I mean, here's the thing about it: it isn't a terrible game, but that's almost to its detriment because it is so just bland. There's nothing interesting at all about that game. Uh, it, and it's. I mean, it isn't a well-made game, first of all. But 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 it's not horrible. Like it's not just atrociously bad. It's not like funny how bad it is. It's just not fun. Uh, there are. This was the beta, so I don't know. Take it as you will, but uh, it was pretty soon before the release. Uh, it was extremely glitchy to the point of like, I ran into multiple glitches that I couldn't complete a quest because of the glitch, and uh, I, I actually stopped playing the beta because there was a glitch. I was playing with Kraken, and and he was doing the same quest as me, or supposed to be doing the same quest as me, and my characters were showing up for him that weren't showing up to me for me, and I couldn't complete the quest. Like NPCs. NPCs, some that you were supposed to kill, I think some that you were supposed to talk to. Like, the weird thing about that game is like almost everything's instanced to a point because they want to retain a certain kind of Elder Scrolls single-player experience while being an MMO, which is a terrible idea. So you can see other players running around, but they can't necessarily see what you're seeing if you're in a quest because your quest might be spoilers for their... Like, it's really dumb. Uh, the system... In concept, like that's it's, kind of, I guess, the only way you could do it. But it's so badly implemented, and it causes so many glitches and problems. It's weird, especially if you're trying to play with a friend and you're not doing. If you're not, if you're playing with a friend and you're different classes and you have to like play different quests at, at any point, you're gonna get off sync with them and just basically be unable to play with them. It's really terrible. Well, what what amazes me is that enough people bought it that they would be able to justify. This release maybe maybe it's easy enough to port it to the consoles, and they're yeah. just trying to salvage any kind of. I mean, what what I'm we've not going to say it's going to be profitable by this point, yeah. but like salvage some kind of revenue to minimize their losses out of it. Uh, here's it, here's who, who plays this game? Who cares about this game now? Here's the thing: the only reason this game was made is because they knew that that huge fan base of Skyrim uh, gamers gamers uh, who where that's, like, one of the only games that they even play, that's a huge amount of people who, like, that's basically their only game. And uh, so when they see that a new Elder Scrolls game is coming out, and it's an MMO, and everyone's always said, oh, this would be great if it was an MMO, um, there's, a, there's a portion of people who will buy that game no matter what, even though it's been out for a year, and it's just confirmed terrible. Well, uh, they, yeah, that, that's the it. reasoning behind making the game. But my question is, did that actually happen? I don't, I don't think. Well, they've only. Well, a lot of those people only have Xboxes, and they don't have a PC that's that can probably even play it, um, or they don't even. They're not even aware that you can play it on PC or whatever. So they're going to see it come out for the consoles. They're going to see it on store shelves for the first time, and they're going to buy it. That's what. I, that would be my reasoning. Um, also, from everything we've heard of the consoles. They're a lot like PCs in that it's probably pretty easy to port over to console from PC and vice versa. So I don't think it's probably a huge amount of money they're sinking into it. They already delayed it six months. Like, I, I, I well, I mean, okay, it is a subscription model, correct? Yeah. Okay, so for now. <laughs> yeah, I, I hold on. I actually I'm not holding on to you, but holding on to what I was about to say because I remember some other piece of news from a previous week that we forgot to talk about. Maybe we did, but um, Elder Scrolls Online changing their like subscription model so that you can't buy three months of subscription anymore. It has to be one month. So the the thought is that they prevented that so that they can change their 
the way their subscriptions work, and then nobody's losing subscriptions. Yeah. Like, they, they reduce the amount of time that you can have a valid subscription. Anyway, so the thought is they're going to change how it works in three months, probably go free-to-play. If Almost they certainly. go free-to-play, though, then there's no way that they're going to be able to get console players who are only buying it for the Elder Scrolls name to stay subscribed to an MMO. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. So I guess that kind of does gel. Here's the thing, though. It, it, I, I'm, I'm not 100% sure of this. I didn't do my research because I didn't think we'd be talking about it this much, but there is actually a lot to talk about. Uh, I think it is a one-time payment plus a subscription, which is insane to me. Uh, that, that I, It's a full game payment and then a subscription. Uh, and I think you probably get like one month when you buy the game. Uh, so they're going to make their money even if people stop playing, you know, instantly. Uh, and and they when that game came out, even in the beta, there was stuff in that game that was like really, really obviously geared towards free to play. There were items that did things that items shouldn't be needed to do, um, like certain like like self revive items were like, oh, if you die, you can revive instantly right here. And it was like, that would be a really easy item to sell to people for real life, real money. Um, it, that, I mean, look at the reality of an MMO, and there's no way that you can just come up with a subscription model and, and, and have it be like World of Warcraft, for example, because it's not, you're not going to grab the World of Warcraft players. You're not going to take away World of Warcraft's fan base, and it's, it's, you're going to have to go free-to-play if you want to make a lot of money on your <laughs> on your MMO, basically, um, which is shitty, but that is kind of the reality of MMOs right now. Like, that's I wouldn't call it a dying genre, but I would call it a, a changing genre. And I, I think the mm-hmm. World of Warcraft is going to be the last major. I mean, I other than WoW and Eve, what MMO is even worth yeah. looking at? And and even Eve, like, there's no free to play elements in Eve. I don't think uh, it is still just a subscription service, uh, but. That game like allows you. There are in-game items worth real money that will give you playtime in Eve, which I actually think is a really cool system where you can you can buy it with real money, but you can also trade it in-game. It's an item that you can trade for in-game money. So there's people who uh, pay for their subscription by being successful in Eve Online, online, which is really neat. And, like you, like you could be a pirate, and you can someone could be transporting this. This currency that allow that that's basically just gameplay time. Like it's literally just here's here's a month of gameplay time. Like in this item, someone can be transporting that, and you can just blow up their ship and steal that shit, and and have more months to play. Like I I love that game for so like Eve Online is such a cool game that I can't play because I don't want to dedicate the time that really should be dedicated to it. But it's so cool. I love that game. I'm basically in that boat, too. Like, every time I try to start learning more about it, I'm just like, okay, it sounds like a lot, a lot of work. So, yeah, I'm not really willing to put that in. Yeah, the, the thing about it is, like, to get the full experience in EVE Online, online, online you need to... Um, you need to be like with a corporation. You need to be with a group of people, and that requires a certain amount of dedication. Like you can't just right. disappear for a week. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, back to the Skyrim, or I have about to Skyrim. Back to the Elder Scrolls Online thing. I think that Skyrim your average. Well, that was actually related to what I was about to say. Because uh, th- I'm holding out hope. I'm not saying this will happen or it's likely this will happen, but I'm holding out hope that your people who are only playing Skyrim and only on consoles and are also ignorant enough to buy a, an MMO on a console, I hope that they're also ignorant enough not to recognize it if it only says Elder Scrolls and That's not a good Skyrim point. on the box. Yeah. Uh, they've, they've, they, 
the logo is different from Skyrim, although I think it has kind of a similar scheme to it. But uh, I think you're right. I think a huge amount of people don't even wouldn't even recognize the the actual title to the game that they love so much because they just call it Skyrim. Uh, they probably ignore the fact that there's a five. They they might not even be aware of Oblivion, and if they're aware of Oblivion, they probably aren't aware of Morrowind. And if they're aware of Morrowind, they might not be aware of the one two before that. <laughs> um, or almost so, definitely aren't. I mean, yeah. your, your average person is still playing Skyrim on their Xbox 360. Well, that, that's insane. Do people yeah. really do that? Like, oh, I, definitely. I thought I thought that, or maybe they just discovered it or something. But are people really playing Xbox Skyrim from launch to now and not ever hearing about, hey, there's mods on PC, maybe I should be autistic there? <laughs> Definitely not, I would say. Um, although like, I, I feel like these people probably go to, like, I don't know, like Reddit, R yeah. Skyrim or something, and that they'll that's, eventually, like... That's true, because, like, there, there is a community there, kind of, um, obviously, so chances are that they're aware of, like, the modding community and stuff, but I I don't know. I mean, you look at, like, your typical, like, 16-year-old girl, sorry to be sexist, who, uh, <laughs> who Skyrim's the only game she's, like, ever played, and she's just like, I love Skyrim! How is she going to be aware of the community? Like, Skyrim, what? is this Skyrim 2? It says it's, like, multiplayer. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 I think that they probably didn't spend all that much money on Elder Online. I hope they didn't because it, there's no way they could have thought that that was going to be like a huge success. I, I, I it does. Did you see like the cinematic trip? Oh, okay, I just said that they. I hope they didn't spend a lot of money, but I know for a fact they spent a lot of money on the cinematic trailers because I know that I know generally how much those run for, like per minute, how much it costs to make one of those trailers. I, I, I couldn't say the number right now, but it's, it's high. I know that much. Uh, so they made these terrible cinematic trailers for it that 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 showed practically nothing about what the game was going to actually be, uh, which is pretty typical for your MMO trailers. But like, like Blizzard makes really good cinematic trailers that are awesome. Like, they they're consistently great. Yeah, the production uh, values are yeah. not matched by anybody. Yeah. Um. But then like. The Old Republic, before that came out, they made some cinematic trailers, which were good, but it was like, I see what you're trying to do, which is basically make the uh, Blizzard's <laughs> trailers. But then, like, those were okay, and people were excited for that game. But the fucking Elder Scrolls ones, I like, you watch those, and it's just like three minutes of just action, and you don't really know what's happening, and then it ends. And it's just, there's no, like... There's nothing happening in, or there's a ton happening in it, but nothing, no, nothing of value and uh, or substance. It's it's like it's like the beginning of Star Wars Episode Three. Speaking uh, of uh, uncanny CGI trailers for shitty free-to-play-ish, maybe in the future games, have you seen those commercials for what is it, Age of War or something? It's all over every channel. Is uh, it like a mobile three? game? It's like a free-to-play shitty yeah. phone game yeah, yeah, about yeah, yeah. building a I've base, or you know, just you know, it's just gonna take your money by buying fucking coins or whatever in-game. And it's, but the way they do it, it's literally just the the banner ads that are like, "Please fuck me, my lord," or whatever. You know, <laughs> with the, but it's that, but live action, and it's like just this big-titted woman, and she's like, oh, please save my kingdom, is literally just those ads, but live action. And they're, they're, yeah, but 
like during primetime football games. That's insane. Like yeah. how how oh god. Whenever these these pricing models are really they get under my skin because they work so well. They work <laughs> well enough that this shitty banner ad, the one of the worst, most made fun of banner ads of all time, can get a live action commercial during primetime playoff football. What the fuck kind of world do we live in? Yeah, pretty much. Uh I it's always been that way though. Like Apparently, there's this huge portion of the population where that kind of shit works on them. But I've, I don't, I hope I've never met any, any one of those people. Like, maybe like, maybe Kappa is one of those people. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry if, uh, if you're not aware of who Kappa is, but uh, it, it's, it's, it's really bizarre. I, I, apparently, there's a lot of them because people do seem to make a lot of money doing shit like that. Uh, I, yeah, I want no part of it. <laughs> It's weird Somebody stuff. in the chat pointed out what it's called. It's Game of War Fire Age. Oh, what a great title. Game of yeah. War Fire Age. And Someone really like, spent a lot of time with a whiteboard like on that one. The woman is live action, but then it like cuts to these kind of like like trying to be blizzardy, kind of weirdly realistic CGI that's still not quite there. Mm. And they have like this army battling, but it looks really uncanny. It's it's uncomfortable. It's just an uncomfortable. Experience. I don't think I've seen that. There, there was a there's a mobile game that, that does like CGI ads that are very cartoony and uh, you get kind of like a League of Legends kind of vibe from it, I guess, where like it, it's like the leader of this little army is like this witch woman or something like that and like her little minions like do goofy funny things and those aren't bad ads, but they're yeah, it, it's it's that's really weird. It's a whole that whole industry is totally bizarre. They're making money off of 1% of their player base, and the other 99% are playing the game completely for free, but they make a shit ton of money off of just, like, you know, the few hundred people who might might pay for their game. It's that it's weird that that exists. Yeah. Back to, um to like, Elder Scrolls. This is kind of related to it. The amount of people who were, like, excited for Fallout 4 really confuses me. Like... I mean, it's going to be made by Bethesda. I understand that people liked Fallout 3 and that, you know, it's to be expected that they'll want to Fallout 4. But even in places where you'd normally expect the kind of Bethesda hate, people seem really pumped about Fallout 4. By this point, I don't know how you can... I don't know. Uh, People really liked Fallout 3 and people really liked Fallout New Vegas, which wasn't Bethesda. Um... And people really like Skyrim, and I I don't necessarily agree with those people, but there's definitely it's been a long time since Fallout Three came out. A lot of people never played Fallout Vegas, but think that Fallout Three is really great, and they're gonna see Fallout Four and freak out because I think part of Bethesda's strategy is, is that they split apart their games far away enough from each other that like the amount of hype for them builds to a like a perfect peak. And then they release the game right when people are like, "Oh shit, it's another Elder Scrolls." Um, it, it's a really, I think that's a really good strategy. And uh, it, I don't, I'm surprised that Fallout Four hasn't been announced yet, actually, because I don't know what the fuck Bethesda's doing because they're publishing, but well, they're, I don't okay. know what the game, last game they made was. Two things. One, I shouldn't have said I was confused because, like, I, I get it. I guess I just don't count myself among those excited, and don't think many people should. But for as, like, why they wait, from what I've read, and don't quote me on this, 
but um, they had some kind of deal where they have the rights of of the uh, to the Fallout series for like three games. So Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas, and whenever the next Fallout do, they do, they lose the property. That's what hmm. I last heard. I bet they can so, rebuy it, though. Yeah, I think that might be what's going on, that they, they want to set it up as sequelizable. Because if they can't make a Fallout 5 or a Fallout 4 point whatever, like a, some kind of New Vegas spinoff for Fallout 4's engine and assets and everything, like if they can't sequelize it, they probably don't see it as a good investment. So maybe they're just hammering out those rights. That's my theory. If I yeah, Bethesda's really weird too because, like, <clears throat> I think part of the reason that they haven't had a game in a while, uh, I, I kind of forgot about this for a while. Um, Prey Two was going to be made by them, and first of all, it didn't look like it was going to be a Prey game; like it was going to be completely different. But there were so, there were a lot of people kind of excited for it. But I I could tell just from the little bit of gameplay footage there was that like, okay, this is definitely a Bethesda game, and like it's going to have all the classic Bethesda game. Uh, unique, unique features. Um, <laughs> it, it it got canceled pretty late in development, uh, so that might have been where they were. They kind of had all their eggs in that basket, and then they they canceled it probably because it wasn't very good. And um, I guess that's why maybe Fallout Four is taking so long is because maybe they kind of did the same thing with Fallout Four in that they they might have. I mean, this is all conjecture, but they might have gotten a certain point in Fallout Four and said, ah, we got to do like. Restaffing. We've got to like put new people on certain things, and like they, they they might have wiped complete parts of the game away to to rebuild them. Uh, I I hope that's what they did because my hunch is that they would have used the same engine that Fallout Three uses, which is the same engine that Skyrim used and the same engine that Oblivion used, and it, technically the same engine that Morrowind used. It's not um, going to happen. They're probably going to do another incremental increase on it, like they've been doing. Yeah. But God, I would be the happiest person on Earth and buy every future single-player Bethesda product if they just take that entire engine, threw it in the garbage, and started over. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. Losing it. It's terrible. It's not that it's just terrible, because it, it is, is terrible. <laughs> it is terrible. Like, the animation and just everything is, is awful and feels like shit. But yeah, like, it's, it's clearly, like... Unpleasant to even use at yeah, all. I, to move or to look at stuff, I... It puts me off. I don't like that. I've said a lot in the past that Bethesda isn't good at making games. They're just good at making games that you think are good. Like it, which sounds ridiculous, but like objectively, like their animations are bad. Their sound design is bad. Their engine is bad. It doesn't look very good. Like these are not subjective things. Like their engine. It's hopefully it's their engine that's holding the back and not the people making the game. It might be a little bit of both, but like they those games are when they like Oblivion was around like when that came out that was like a good looking game and kind of impressive, um, but anything past that like has been years behind as far as technology goes. And uh, if they yeah if they release Fallout 4 maybe they realize this if they release Fallout 4 and it has those same ridiculous animations where, like, if an animal is on a hill, then it's just, like, standing straight up and sideways. Like, how fucking long has Havoc... Since Half-Life 2, Havoc has had the ability to make your leg move up if you're on stairs, where, like, one foot is standing on one stair and then, like, a couple stairs... Like, it's... it's I don't, <laughs> yeah. don't want to discount how cool that technology is, because it really is a pretty cool technology, but it's been around forever, and every major game has that shit it's, now. Except it feels like Telltale. Games. Like, it... Just like Telltale is using an engine 
now in 2015 that came out in like 2002. Like clearly, the engine is just aged to the point that you're not, you can't squeeze much more out of it. The diminishing returns are starting to show. Like I don't know, <laughs> it doesn't feel that improved since Morrowind at all. Yeah. I don't know. It's maybe it's more personal, right? Maybe people are better looking past it than I am, but. I, I, I think that's part of it. Like, usually I'm okay with looking... Because, like, in Morrowind, I can completely look past that shit. Partly because I played it at a very young age when the graphics weren't so bad that, that they were off-putting. Uh, and, and I didn't care much about that. I, I'm, but I'm not typically one to care about graphics. Like, I can get immersed in a world that doesn't look good or doesn't... The animations aren't very good. But there's something about Bethesda games where it's almost like... It's almost like they're relying on something they don't have, which is the ability to immerse you in something that looks good. Like uh, the fact that they are so insistent on having dialogue for every line recorded, voice acted. I, I, first of all, I don't like that because it means that there's less dialogue than they they could otherwise have, which would be more information. But um, it, it, I think that's reflective of the fact fact that they're like they're so insistent, like it's a better experience for the player if you can hear what they're saying, if you can hear what the NPCs are saying rather than read it. But, like, first of all, most people skip through that shit. But secondly, like, it's not a good experience because the voice acting is terrible. The facial expressions are terrible. The, the, the faces look terrible. You're zoomed in on their face, like, really Don't weirdly. Don't you like and... hearing the same guy, the same voice oh actor, every time saying, oh, the, the Nords have gone to my land. <laughs> or the, yeah. this, these storm cloaks sure are Someone's bad. been murdered! <laughs> Uh, or, yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah, I, I, they need I to think fucking fix them. They're really good at just dangling all this mass right in front of your face and blinding you, and then like just this massive quantity of stuff, and you don't look too closely at any of it. Like clearly, the animations look like shit, but it's yeah. easy to look past it because. You know, the, the whole world is so big, and look at all these locations, and there are lots of books. Even though the writing is all bad, there's still a lot of them, lots of words, over blank hundred novels of text in the game, it said on the back of the box. How cool. It must be good. It must be immersive. You don't look too closely at any of these parts, or you rely on mods to polish these things up, which I guess is a valid solution. I don't know. But it's not because those mods, like, they'll clean it up a little bit, but the mods can't do anything about how terrible the animations are and shit. Like, that's still just yeah. going to be bad. Um, but I do understand, though, I, I understand how easy it is to get immersed in that game and not realize its flaws, but I feel like someone in chat mentioned that the veneer starts to wear off after, like, 20 hours for most people. Mm -hmm. Maybe for me, it's quicker because I'd get bored with it more easily or something. Maybe I'm more ADD or something like that, but I... It just like when I first started playing Fallout 3, for example, my friend was telling me I, I didn't even I don't even remember this, but my friend was like, "You were raving about that game," but I got like 10 or 15 hours into it, yeah. and then all I was doing was complaining to that same friend about how terrible the game was. When, and I think this is something that happens with all games like this, and I'm going to include Dark Souls. Um, like, there's a point at the start where you're completely immersed in whatever front it's showing you. And it's not fun. It can be deep and complicated lore and world and everything. But eventually that wears off. It's after that. Is there still a solid core gameplay experience there to, to make it last and to keep it good? 
something like Dark Souls clearly does have that mechanical base that, yeah. that once you know the layout of everything in the game, even though there's tons to explore and tons to immerse yourself in, once you have memorized it and put all of it, know it like the back of your hand, there's still a mechanically complicated combat system that you can use in PvP and repeat bosses and use different builds. There's nothing like that in Skyrim. Once you see the stuff and you listen to the quests and you do the things and you read the stuff, it's gone. Because doing things physically, mechanically making things happen, is terrible. And watching people try to talk to you is terrible. Once the veneer's gone, you don't have much left. What you have is a really old, yet really moddable engine. Yeah, and I do think that like people, the the whole reason that people play those games for the most part is like exploring this huge world that, that and uncovering it and doing like the cool side quests and stuff like that, which is which is great. But I don't think that that content is especially good or especially not good enough to 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 overcome its bad gameplay. And that's that's what I don't understand. I, I don't understand how people can play more than a few hours of it without that veneer going away and, and suddenly not having any fun with it because in my opinion, like the writing, the voice acting, all of that is usually terrible. Like in Oblivion, that's when it started for me. Like there's a lot of good stuff in Oblivion, but there's way more just completely mediocre bullshit that isn't at all interesting. Wasn't it the first one with full voice acting for every character? That's Oblivion, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. I mean yeah, and that, that's that's part of the issue because like in Morrowind People complain about how Marwin has a lot of NPCs that are basically just walking dictionaries, and that like you, you you click on a topic in their 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 uh, text box or whatever, and it it comes up with a really uh, copy and pasted kind of paragraph of dialogue that that is the same throughout a bunch of different NPCs, and that is a very valid criticism of Marwin. But that you could easily like the resources that they that they had to make Oblivion, they could easily have have written way more content and not voice acted it. And I think most people would be fine with that. I think there'd be a very small amount of people who would say, well, this is bullshit, there's no voice acting. But, like, I think most people would be fine reading that shit, and I think it would, I think the game would be improved as a result. Um, I think that your average Joe, it's probably going to be the same thing like with watching foreign movies, whether it's, you know, anime or just any kind of foreign language thing. Like... People who watch those dubbed in English, they just don't... Some people just can't do it. Some people lack the attention span to just read stuff, and they need it said for them to hear, and without that, they're going to lose interest. Their eyes glaze over, and they're done. But I think what I miss most, not maybe most, but what I really miss about Fallout 1 and 2 that is entirely a consequence of voice acting is the little feature... I don't know if... um, Have you played those yourself? Or yeah. have you like seen? It? Yeah. So like when you'd say "ask me about," like you can enter your own text, yeah, and they'll respond to it in conversation. It was of limited use. It could only work with certain words, but that was so cool. That was so awesome. And they weren't just like shortcuts to lines of text that you could already click. They were some of them unique topics that could only be brought up in that way. That's so cool in an in an RPG that emphasizes conversation, which these modern Bethesda games do have a lot of conversations. And well, not although they're not conversations because like you don't you don't usually input anything into the conversation yeah. yourself. Yeah, but when you do make the little choices, you know, the, the ask me about whatever, like investigate in some games, yeah. like that kind of thing. 
yeah, it's so much better when you can have that little little text field to enter your own bits and pieces. Like with voice acting, there's no way that a game could handle that kind of girth. But if it was text, it could, and it makes for a better role-playing experience in general. But I guess people really aren't looking for role-playing. They're looking for sightseeing. That's what I think yeah, a lot of Bethesda games have become. I guess, I guess I'm getting caught up on the fact that I think probably 90% of players press A as soon as they read the, the line of text and they skip to the next line of text. So they don't hear the voice acting. So I, my argument is, like, well, why not just read the text? But I do think you're probably right that if you took away the voice acting, even though it's not being listened to, just having to read that text or just being presented with a big block of text, might people might just be like, well, fuck that, and, and skip it. Um, I, I would argue that those are the kind of people that shouldn't be playing RPGs. But I would clearly, totally agree. I would but totally clearly agree. they're playing an RPG. Like they, I don't know. It's, it's, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Okay, so I don't... I don't know what this next bit is. Yeah. Gold um, and beta. Did they say that the game is done, gold, gone to presses, and it's still in beta? Yeah, basically. Uh, I don't know. That game lost a lot of steam. It, it, it when it came out in the beta, people thought it was such a cool concept, and it is. It's like a. I mean, it's not an original concept, but it's the first time it's probably been made with this big of a budget. Although it's not like a big budget game. It's. It's. But it's a well-made game. Um, Evolve has been in beta for a while now, I think, and they're still in beta. And uh, <laughs> and they're like, they had like a big trailer that came out, and they're like, the game's now in gold, but the beta's still going on. And it's just, I just thought it was funny because like it totally confirms that yeah. whole like, betas are just demos. Like, obviously it isn't a beta. If your game has gone gold, then what the fuck is the point of the beta? Um, I think, I yeah, this has been happening for a while now. The Bloodborne, not Bloodborne, sorry, another PS4 alpha the Destiny Alpha was basically the same as the full game on release, and that was yeah. even before a beta period. Like these betas and alphas are very clearly not actual software alphas and software betas. They're like you know betas for us in from our temporal point. And um, I think you remember when the Halo Three beta happened, right? With Crackdown, oh, yeah. yeah. you remember how huge that was? Yeah, it was fucking. It was awesome. um, I, I would never have bought Crackdown. Crackdown wasn't a bad game, but I never Crackdown would have bought it. Crackdown was a fantastic game. Yeah, <laughs> I like, love that game. I never would have bought it, though, if it hadn't had the Halo 3 beta with it, which you could only play for, like, three days. Like, yeah. it was real short. It was so awesome, and people were so excited for it. And what that kind of confirmed, and maybe I'm just ignorant of other events, like other betas doing this, too, but... Um, People get way more excited if they feel like they're getting let into something exclusive, sounding like yeah. a beta test. If you call it a demo, it loses that edge completely. It's also, <laughs> you're right, and and they're still trying to to hold on to that though. Like 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 you said about Elder Scrolls Online, like they just sent out invites to everyone, um, everyone that asked for one, so it wasn't exclusive really. But it. it <laughs> At least in that case, they're probably server testing and stuff like that, and, and at least a lot of it was still in beta because they had this weird, 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 and I don't think this is... The, I hope this isn't in the full game. Um, that was another game, first of all, where they tried to make all the dialogue voice acted, which is really weird for an MMO because there's just so, so much content. But they didn't have all of the dialogue voice acted yet. But instead of the character just being silent, they used a text-to-speech program 
to create the dialogue for the NPCs, and I was going to release a video on this because it was so weird, it was so bizarre, but I never got around to doing it. But I was just like, the whole time I was playing the game, I was just like, what the fuck is this? Because the, the text-to-speech has the accent and voice of the of what you would typically associate with each race. So, like, a Khajiit will sound kind of like Jamaican and has a kind of a raspy voice, but it's text-to-speech. They... they they spent so they clearly spent a lot really of time. Strange. Yeah, and they clearly spent a lot of time to implement this. But was it going to be in the full game? Because if it was in the full, like it wasn't good enough to pass. Like it, it was very obviously text to speech, but it was good text to speech. And but did they spend all that time and money to put it just in the beta, or is that something that's in the full game? And I never found out. And I I, I actually should look it up. I it was so I did I looked it up on like Google I looked up like on message boards and stuff like what's up with this text to speech stuff it seemed like not a lot of people even noticed it which okay it was really bizarre though it would it would be in the middle of dialogue so they'd go through like three lines and then oh bam text to speech and then back to dialogue like, really weird stuff uh I, I, that that was bizarre but anyway but my 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 point my original point was that uh. A lot of these betas, they're like inviting people, but then the game comes out like a month later, and it's 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 exactly the mm-hmm. same. Destiny was an especially weird one. Um, Destiny was it's so little change between that alpha, the alpha version, and the final version of the game that came out on release day. They were barely different at all. Yeah, and uh, what was <laughs> it was kind of funny watching that one because. Uh, Basically, the the entire beta was basically like Earth, like the first planet, right? Um, it was yeah, the old Russia level. Yeah, and um, which was Earth. That's like all you can do on Earth, right? <laughs> like that's the whole area. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, well, like during the alpha, you could go on Earth, old Russia, and you could do multiplayer on the Moon or on Earth. Right. And then, like the beta came out, I didn't get to play that myself. But you barely got to go to any more places than just that. It, Earth, and I think you could go to like a couple more multiplayer maps, but that might not not even be true. It might be yeah. just the, literally the alpha. Because I, I remember, I, I just I had a lot of fun reading message boards when the alpha was first being played, and people were trying to figure out like, is this the Earth portion of the game? Like, have we just played through the first like sixth or fourth of the game? Um, and yeah. people were like, no, there's no way that, that Destiny's that small. Yep. Yeah, they, they were I right. Was in like, that that was... same boat. <laughs> <laughs> I had the alpha on the PS4, and I was thinking, okay, the way this menu's working, when I go into Earth, when I pick the planet Earth, it's not like I get to pick where to go on the Earth. It just immediately brings yeah, yeah, me exactly. to the map of old Russia. <laughs> And people are like, so that the only area on Earth? Even though there's clearly were spaces for some more missions, they were like four or five more missions, space four. And I, you were able to just ride around the whole map. And so I was starting to get a little worried at that point, but I figured, no, there's going to be more planets. There's going to be enough planets. It's all going to be fine. But there's like three or four more, and each of them is equally small. It's, it's so barren. It's a barren game. Yeah. So I think that is just barren. I think uh, knowing Bungie, I think what happened with Destiny is that they they had a. I think it's pretty simple because there's been a lot of like talk about like oh what happened what happened with Destiny like, but if you look at like Bungie's story on Halo Two, um, they've they've done like audio commentary and stuff that goes pretty deep into this. 
Halo 2 was like a really tumultuous um, game development story. Uh, it, it First of all, Halo 1 was a bigger hit, obviously, than they anticipated, and Microsoft was like, oh, shit, Halo 2 needs to be this thing. Like, now it's this huge deal. Um, like, this is what we're resting our entire console on. And Bungie had, like, a really strict release date, and I think they actually, I think they pushed it back, like, once or maybe even twice, um, which was, like, really not... The, the publishers obviously weren't happy with that, but uh, they had pretty high ambitions with that game, and they had all these levels planned out, and apparently a lot of them, like, basically completed, but just a few problems with it, and, like, a few months from the game being released, they just butchered shit. They just cut out entire levels, entire wow. sections of the game, and, like... It, the most notorious thing about Halo 2 is, like, do you know, like, I, I don't know, you, you probably haven't played the Halo games, really, but do you know well, how I Halo have, 2 ends? Yeah, I have. Okay, okay. Oh, okay. I, I don't know why I thought you didn't, um, because we've actually talked about that. I, I, I'm crazy. Um, Halo 2, that ending where it's just a cliffhanger, and it's the yep. worst cliffhanger Sir, ever. finishing yeah. this fight. Yeah, and it's like, oh, you're at Earth. Cut and the black. Like, credits roll. And you're like, what the fuck? Um, apparently, the first two or three levels of Halo 3, which are on Earth, um, were supposed to be the last two or three levels of Halo 2. And uh, they just had to completely cut it all out. And uh, and then there were there were tons of levels in between also. that there's, There was like a level called like Forerunner Tank that, that's like a really infamous one for being cut out because people thought it sounded really cool where it's like apparently this huge Forerunner structure and you're like running around inside it while it's like moving along the ground. And, uh, so they just butchered that shit. And I mean... If you hear them talk about it, like it's kind of incredible that they that they pulled off like what I think is still a decent story and a cohesive experience, uh, with how late in the game they had to just yeah. remove shit. I think the same thing happened with Destiny, but it's not nearly as as cohesive. Uh, I imagine that their story, I imagine that there was more story to Destiny because that's been a huge complaint. It's just like what the fuck happened. Have you seen Mega Sixty Four is a Destiny story. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Yeah, that was. Pretty it's good. exactly what it's like to play that game. Just yeah. <laughs> get the the sword from the hive, the darkness. These proper names that are never given any kind of meaningful context. Go see the queen in the rift, and just yeah. it's proper name after proper name after proper name. And like the way of it, it just causes the whole thing to collapse because there's no contextual foundation for any of these fucking millions of proper nouns the game throws at you. Bungie has the capability for good sci-fi. We know this for a fact from yeah. Marathon and Halo. Uh, Halo, a lot of people say, well, it's just it's just your typical space marine fighting aliens shit. And first of all, yes, on the surface, it totally is a very typical story just with kind of like a zombie element thrown in. But, like, you go, if you go into, like, the Halo 3 terminals and shit, I think we've mentioned this before, like, if you go just a little bit deeper into that lore, and I'm not talking about the fucking books, I'm just talking about the in-game stuff, yeah. the little hints that characters drop, uh, and the, just, like, uh, there's a lot of world-building, there's a lot of uh, history-building in that game that's done through um, kind of innuendo and, 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 and just referencing things off-handedly, and just, like, they built a really solid universe, and they didn't do a whole lot with it on the surface. But the, the, the cool thing about the Halo 3 terminals is that, like, you kind of find out that there's almost like a story that was running underneath the Halo games the whole time that was not at all on the surface. Um, and I won't go into that, but, like, that's probably what they were planning to do with Destiny. I am, because I imagine the same writers are on Destiny, but, like, I, I think something went horribly, horribly yeah. wrong. They probably... 
because of that game's MMO-like nature, they probably wanted to do things like cutscenes. I know that there's only like three cutscenes or something in that game. Obviously, and they all have like, this character that's never explained at all. Yeah, and like obviously, every cutscene has the same character. It's it's really weird. It's yeah. so strange because um, this character is played up in basically every cutscene to be this big deal in the story, and it just goes nowhere. It just runs into a wall at the end. She had no purpose. There was no reason for her to be there. Added nothing. It's a really strange game to play. It is. It's 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 really I, that that story's crazy and and the way like they retain I think they retained all that like world building stuff without having the main core of it that actually like provides something to reference. So like they talk about yeah these proper nouns and stuff that have no real uh, tangible thing to to understand because maybe it's been cut out or you know um I think that's really disappointing because I do think there's some really there's some really cool legitimately good sci-fi that that Bungie has done especially with those marathon games where like the the writing honestly like I wouldn't call it incredible but it's really good sci-fi uh it's it's really good they do a good job with like their favorite thing to do is like AI is going crazy and uh it's I would say it's like on par with um, you know, uh, which uh, was also so disappointing because the AI in Destiny are so boring. Yeah. They do nothing. <laughs> they have they're just helpers. That's all. Yeah, they get their they get their highest pay like this really high paid voice actor. Obviously, like they spend a lot of money to get him on there, Peter Dinklage, and then they get him to read these lines that are just like completely expository bullshit that, that doesn't... That wizard came from the moon. <laughs> yeah, like, I, that's... I know it became a, a May-May, but I remember <laughs> playing that in the alpha, because they took it out even for the beta. They had already removed that line. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, like, just hearing that for the first time, I was dying. Like, I rarely ever, like, laugh out loud while playing the game, and even then, it's usually only when the game is trying to be funny and succeeding. <laughs> That it was just it was funny. I was I, with, they, um, I was playing with somebody co-op and we lost it. <laughs> yeah, I I think that they probably um, I think this is a minor like this this is pretty minor like it doesn't speak to the to Destiny's larger issues I think, but I, they they clearly had a style that they were going for there which was like mixing fantasy uh fiction with like sci-fi fiction and like so you have like wizards and stuff but like there's like a sci-fi explanation or undertone to it but they just didn't execute on that yeah. in the right way at all and so it just ends up being completely cheesy sounding and, and, and not at all the way it's intended to be um, like in concept I think that's a cool idea like wizards and stuff where it's like is it magic or not like it's just kind of this weird in between thing and, and that could be executed well but they just I don't know maybe it's because well, they know, chopped everything off I don't know you know something's up when Marty O'Donnell is fired and Bungie is willing to tell us that it was for personal disagreement, like a, a petty scuffle, basically. Yeah. Like, if that's what they're willing to tell us, I don't know. It's, yeah. I don't like speculating off of things, but I, it's really not like a stretch to say that there was a lot of tumult during Destiny's yeah. development. And, I, I, you know, it, it's probably really... The brilliant. biggest guy, the biggest cheese, the largest kahuna at Bungie to get fired 
He's yeah. he was their their golden boy, maybe their strongest asset. He's the only play. name that I'm aware of at Bungie. Like yeah. I love Bungie, but the, like he's the only name that I can just name off the top he's of my head. He's still a co-owner of the company. Like that's how important <laughs> yeah. he is. Even though he was fired, they can't take away the huge amount of share he owns in that business. Like he is a big deal, or was a big deal there. Yeah. It's just amazing that he would be fired. And it even won Best Soundtrack at the Jeff Keighley Award. <laughs> yeah, and, and he accepted he had this to, award he had to accept the award separately. Oh, like, they, God, he couldn't yeah. go up with the like developers of the game because he, he was wasn't there. associated with them anymore. God, what a weird... Oh, I forgot about that. I, I love Marty, too. Like I follow him on Twitter, and he just seems like a really heartfelt guy. Like, oh, just... that's It's so weird. Like, that company clearly has a lot going on internally. Um, that that I I hope they get their shit together because I think they have some of the best talent in the industry, uh, bar none. Yeah. And, and but I think that it's being the way that I think they they might have almost like a Ubisoft like problem on their hands where they're probably like delegating so much to so many different like little subdivisions or something like that, that that it's just not coming together in a cohesive way. This is all conjecture, again, like, yeah. could be completely wrong, but, like, that's what it seems like to me. Uh, that From just looking at Destiny, like, that game had a lot of interesting, cool elements that, when you put them all together, just becomes this thing, like, what the fuck am I even looking at? Um, from how quickly they removed the, uh, the Wizard from the Moon line... I, it sends the message to me that they're really receptive, maybe even too receptive to yeah. what fans ask, and they, they're clearly not going to have ignored what people have said about Destiny 1. Like, the, the sequel's already happening, it's already paid for, basically, and um, it's you know it's going to happen. Maybe they'll tighten up the story. They, I they was, have to. I, I, was I can almost guarantee they would. I was legitimately shocked when they when I found out that they took that line out because, I mean, first of all, like I think a company's wet dream is to have a meme about them, like <laughs> negative or positive. Like if the internet is is quoting you constantly, like you want that, obviously. Like your marketing team's just gonna eat that up. Uh, but they clearly they took themselves so fucking seriously. They took their stories yep. so seriously that they couldn't stand people making a joke out of it, and they had like that that showed such a lack of a backbone and just like. It was just such a bizarre decision to make to just remove it. It's not like they thought that people wouldn't notice. Like obviously people are going to notice. It, really, really bizarre like, decision. I, I, like I, I hesitate to say I hesitate to say that Destiny wasn't designed confidently because there's oh. so much fucking like swagger and smugness to how some of its design. Like it yeah. really it it thinks it's the hottest shit on the block. Even even their ad and that they showed on TV was clearly showed everything. That. They they think it's the the best game to ever exist. But but you still feel like they're really insecure about Yeah, because they take out a line like that. Um, Destiny Destiny is well yeah. Bungie is the Kanye West of video games. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a pretty good comparison. I, the really, like, uh, p- part of what makes me, what originally made me think that Destiny had some issues internally where, like, their people weren't on the same page. Like, they were working in separate departments or something like that, and they just had a completely different vision of what they wanted from the game or from s- specific parts of the game. Uh, that The TV ad that they showed, did you see it? The live yeah. kind of live yeah. Yeah, completely. All the rock and roll. Yeah, they were playing Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin, they had, like, some cool, like, swagger guy and his friends, like, 
high-fiving, or I don't know if they high-fived, but it's that kind of vibe you get of just, like, them... It was epic. Yeah, it was, it was epic. It was epic, but it was also, like, they're joking around, and they're, they're like, they're, they're being cocky about what they're doing and shit. And it was... You couldn't get farther away from the tone that, that everything had been shown from, like, before then. Like, suddenly there's a TV ad, and it's a completely different tone. And I just said, like, okay, this is a marketing team that clearly had either no communication with Bungie about what Bungie wanted or didn't give a shit about what Bungie wanted and knew that, oh, your TV audience is going to love it if, if this is how we do it. And that was that was just bizarre to me that they're so willing to take out a line of dialogue that people are joking about, but then air on TV the main trailer for their game, which is just full of crazy jokes and doesn't take it seriously at all. Like, well, I think they, uh, were just, they were just really design-wise, misguided in so many ways. I don't think it's like... The, I don't think they even knew that... I mean, well, I mean, clearly the ad is aimed at a somewhat different audience, but I don't even think they were quite aware how at odds that was with the actual yeah. um, Destiny. Or, I don't know. Like, it feels like there were lots of people at Bungie who all had lots of different ideas and believed in them very strongly. But when it all comes together, you get this kind of really confident, really indecisive game. <laughs> yeah. Which uh, is a bizarre combination. Totally bizarre. And and I'll, I'll be interested to see what they... Like, when they actually make a new game, uh, I'll, be, I'll be interested to see if they change the tone dramatically or anything. Um, it, I also... I don't know what their plan is with this game. They've got this 10-year contract... And, like, are they going to come out with sequels that are separate from the first game, or are they going to do, like, the logical MMO progression thing where it's like, oh, you're just building on the already existing world? I that's I don't know. Destiny is the biggest enigma of 2014, um, of the new generation, really, I would say. Because like, it was supposed to be... This was going to be the biggest game on the new consoles, period. And then it came out, and it's just kind of like... It wasn't. Yeah, or maybe it still is, but, like, it wasn't this... It wasn't, like, big. It wasn't huge, this revolution or anything. It was just kind of... I'm not going to be thinking about it this year yeah, much at all. Yeah. Um, but speaking of new games, uh, this story just broke breaking ooh, news breaking today. News. No, it didn't happen during the podcast step and shortly oh. before. <laughs> yeah, sorry to disappoint you all. But uh, Telltale has a new CEO, and oh, yeah. they have a new original game in development. This was such a great time for this to happen. I don't know anything about the new CEO, really. But just, like, one, they announced an original game, so not an adaptation, which is really interesting, because Telltale just adapts stuff. That's Yeah. Well, Wolf Among Us was original, right? Nope. That was an adaptation oh. of the Fable. Oh, it was a comic. Series. Right. Yep. Oh, All of it. Sam and Max, even. So they don't they, even have a single... They do adaptations. And wow. so an original game from Telltale is a big deal. And this Telltale was clearly starting to stagnate. The Minecraft story mode was the biggest indicator that this was true. And this doesn't come that far after Minecraft story mode is announced. I don't know why so they wouldn't announce this first. The the CEO change? Well, the the fact that they're coming out with a new IP like that should be your oh, big uh, news, and then and then release the Minecraft, and like all the Minecraft players get excited, but nobody sits there and makes fun of you. Well, I think I think what they've done was was pretty smart. They, the old CEO is not fired; he's like the co-founder of the company. He's still going to be on like an executive advisor role. So I think he's basically just kind of stepping down. You're muted. It seems or something. I can't hear you. Hello, is that working? Hi. Yes. Okay. Hi. 
So he wasn't like fired or anything. He's the co-founder of the company, and he's he says he's still staying on in an executive advisor role. So it seems like there wasn't like he wasn't he didn't shit on somebody's desk and and something <laughs> happened to him from the board. Like clearly this was a decision that was made and somewhat friendly, at least compared to a lot of CEO changes in a lot of other companies. So I think they were smart about planning the timing of all these things because they were able to upset fans like hardcore. I say hardcore about Telltale story games, but they upset the hardcore Telltale core with Minecraft story mode. They were able to excite everybody else who didn't care about Telltale already. And then now with this, they get to kind of ease some of that anger from their harder core block, and the people who only came on for Minecraft aren't even going to care or notice. So I think logistically they planned it pretty well. I guess. I I, I still would think that it would be better to just... Wait, release this news first, and then have the Minecraft because like Minecraft is going to be big news to Minecraft players no matter what I would say, and or Minecraft players that are at least interested in that I guess, um, which I don't know, I, I don't understand that at all. But um, it, this it just seems like that might like to me when I heard Minecraft and Telltale, I thought well, Telltale's officially dead. That's it. Like obviously like they've they've jumped the shark and this is it. But then they come out with the news of the IP and I'm not thinking like, oh, Telltale is saved. I'm thinking, well, maybe they can pull something off still. Like yeah. it, it, that's the wrong attitude. It shouldn't be like that. Um, well, have you played uh, the the newest stuff they made? Uh, no, I haven't played. I haven't played the Telltale game. I've seen I've seen a lot of them, but I, I haven't played. Them. You seriously? You've never played them? Never. Oh, you have to. They're yeah, good. Yeah, I should. Or at least like The Walking Dead and Borderlands. Yeah, those are the those are the two good ones. The rest you can skip basically. Oh, Wolf Among Us. I don't know. They have three good ones. Yeah. Three I, good. I think I'm thinking what they might be trying to turn Telltale into. Like clearly they have different, I guess, internal studios working on the separate games because they're coming out in such quick succession. They're not just like, they're not like moving on from one game to the next. But uh. I, I think that they might be trying to turn Telltale into like almost like a factory for these kinds of games, and I'm not. I don't mean that necessarily in a bad way, although it could have some bad elements to it. But like they might be, like with the, especially with the the way that they do uh, already existing franchises, I feel like they're just trying to create this thing where like people recognize the Telltale name, and it's like here's Telltale of this TV show, here's Telltale of this comic book, here's Telltale of this book series, um, which I think. Could be really neat, actually, um, but is also setting yourself up for like really inconsistent uh, uh, quality. You know, I, I don't know how many different teams they would have working at the same time. I don't know what their larger ambitions are, but that would be if I was running Telltale right now, and with the large amount of games that they've had in the last you know year or so, I would be saying, hmm, maybe I could turn this into something really big. Uh, I, that could be a really interesting company to to follow. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where the new CEO is going to steer things. Because usually you don't get CEO changes without changes in direction. Yeah. So it's clearly something's going to happen. Maybe it'll be good. Yeah, I, I hope so. I, I, I would like to see those games get a new engine, <laughs> at least. Um, like, it's, it's kind of funny. It's, sorry, this is unrelated, and I just interrupted you, but now that I've already done it, uh, <laughs> um, I just noticed a headline. Uh, I was linked to an article on Polygon, and uh, one of the headlines on the side was Destiny is the Phil Collins of gaming, and I'm its easy lover. But it's clearly the Kanye West, and these people are. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, 
Anyway, <laughs> I think the Phil Collins is a little bit more obscure than, or 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 it's for an older audience maybe of gamers. It's um, okay. They they can't compare to us here and push to shout. Yeah. Uh, do we have any other news? Uh, not that I can see on the dock or can think of. Yeah. Obviously, and... January is a really slow. Yeah, I'm Bloodborne's gonna come out. Oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Hold on, Bloodborne. I didn't talk about this in my week, and I should have. And this is really isn't news, but I had a dream about it, and I just oh, I gotta boy. talk about it. And I am okay. gonna make a video about this. And You're gonna make a video, okay? Yeah, and to give some context, I never have dreams about video games. Never happens. Anyway, so I, I fell asleep. I was dreaming. And I wake up, and I'm, like, watching a Let's Play of Bloodborne by Hellkite Drake. And I don't even know what he sounds like. I just remember the name. And what he <laughs> says is that only Afro was brought in in the 11th hour to consult on the game. <laughs> <laughs> and then he starts the game up, and then it's not really a Let's Play anymore, and I'm just in the world. And immediately, the environment, the entire, like, dark gloomy Victorian city, that's just gone. It's basically the snowy mountain from Mario 64. <laughs> and uh, the main character's name is now Bloodborne. That's his name. <laughs> like this sidekick AI who follows you constantly. And he's like this big, fat, donkey-ass, Pokemon-looking Eeyore thing. And he's really sad. And they're like Skyrim text convers or like quests conversations that freeze the action and you have to wait and pick options and then this little fucker who follows you will interrupt and say oh I don't know about this Bloodborne <laughs> he had a catchphrase oh catchphrase that he would punctuate jokes with it was oh shucks and, uh, and then Miyazaki the designer and director of Demon Souls and Dark Souls he was speaking in Japanese with subtitles, and he was like, we are so proud with our collaboration with Only Afro on this native That is, um, that is... my Bloodborne dream. That is a crazy fucking dream. Jesus Christ. Yeah. I'd like to see a game like that. I wouldn't like it to replace Bloodborne, though. Oh, I don't know about this Bloodborne. Yeah. God. Oh, my God. So, yeah, I'm, I'm then just going to tell that story. I don't know how you're going to make a video out of that. I'm just going to drag little shitty MS Paint pictures. You around. could contract uh, uh, Veselikov to do <laughs> your animation, animation for it. Yeah. Um, that was... Thank you. <laughs> thank you for that. Thank you for that bit. Uh, well, it, it was strange. It was very odd. That is very odd. Um, if we're out of news and personal dream stories... Uh, <laughs> I guess we'll take some questions from the chat. I got some questions. I asked for questions because I knew that there wouldn't be a lot of, although we've, we've talked for a long time now, but I knew there wasn't a whole lot going on this week. Um, in general, I'm just going to say the gist of our questions and see if you have any anything that's been on your mind lately. The, the biggest gist of, my, of the questions I received was, like, what's going to happen in 2015? What are your predictions? Is it going to be a good year for games or bad year or whatever? Do you have anything that you've been thinking about there? Like, I... I I don't know. You asking me? Yeah. Uh, of course. Uh, of course. <laughs> Is that your answer? Uh, Phantom Pain, Bloodborne. Yeah. Are you asking about releases or like trajectory for the industry? In, in, in okay, I think in a lot of ways we could be headed in a lot of really bad places. Like 
just um, with free to play getting bigger and bigger and just um, shitty day one releases packed with tons of bugs. Um, maybe this would have been good to discuss earlier, too. This is not a yeah. story, but um, let's talk about it now. Super Bunny Hop made a video, and uh, his videos are actually pretty good. He's one of the few analysts, I, I say analysts, he's one of the few people who does, like, analysis, serious analysis of video games who I can stomach, like Mr. Beatong, Mathematosis, and Super Bunny Hop. He's usually pretty on point. And what he did was looked at all these different games that came out in 2014. Like, we know we know the games. Unity, Watch Dogs, um, Far Cry 4 had quite a few bugs. And um, Tetris, even. The next-gen release of Tetris gets unplayably low frame rates. Oh, my God. It's crazy that that can even happen. But it's, it's really looking not promising how many things are messed up on day one and it only seems to be getting worse so that probably will be a really you know that that'll still be an issue in 2015 yeah i i'm kind of the opposite mindset there i think that the fact that there were so uh, the fact that there were so many fucked up releases this year uh, or last year will mean that there's probably going to be a lot of delays <laughs> this year to stop the games from being broken because now it's like in the public mind like if we release a, a broken game, people are going to freak out uh, and not trust us anymore as publishers or developers. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking maybe we'll see some more delays. And there was already like EA has delayed. Uh, what what did they delay? Um, fuck, I, don't, I don't know why I forgot it. But they've EA has made one or two delays that were very like obviously. Oh, um, Battlefield Hardline. I think that was supposed to come out holidays last year, and. Uh, they, they they delayed that, I think, because Battlefield 4 was such a screwed-up release that they knew they couldn't release two Battlefield games in a row that were going to be screwed up. Um, maybe, I, I don't know, they've still got, like, Battlefront and Mirror's Edge 2 and these games that, like, they're not, they haven't really showed anything yet, and I think it might be because they're focusing a lot on making sure that it's going to be a polished release. Um, Ubisoft has to do that, like, for a fact. Like, there's no way they can release another Assassin's Creed game that's broken or, or, or like, any any of their franchises. They cannot fuck up again. Like, they, they need to save well, themselves now. Um, yeah, they need to if they want to succeed, whether they actually <laughs> yeah, will. Yeah. I, I mean, they probably... It might get better. I hope. I really do. But I just feel like people... Unity feels like the exception to me. Like, a lot of these games, and not all of them were as terrible as, like, Unity, but something like Watch Dogs. Watch Dogs still managed to be their biggest new IP launch or whatever it wound up being. It was a success despite not deserving it, I guess. I don't care if the game is bad. But if it's actually broken and it still winds up succeeding on day one, then you actually have a problem. And I, I don't feel like people are voting with their wallets in large enough numbers for to for us to be saved from this problem yet. Yeah, I don't know what the sales numbers on Assassin's Creed Unity are like, but I'm willing to bet that, that they're not as good as they were hoping for. They were at least bad enough that they had to 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 do the season pass cancellation. So, yeah. so maybe, and hopefully I'm wrong. Yeah. I, it's hard to say. I would like, one of the things I would like, this would be bad for short the short term as far as like AAA games being released, <laughs> but um, I don't think it would be necessarily a bad thing for like a little mini video game crash to happen and, and some companies just either die or have to like really, really scale down their, their level of production because 
uh, it's gotten out of hand. Like Ubisoft is, is operating above its limit right now, or at least uh, not. They're not operating at a a, a level for quality. Like they're, they're they're not efficiently using their assets. Uh, but like like I think that's why I, I I harp on EA a lot because I follow them very closely. Um, their their stock prices have raised like. I don't know, like quadrupled almost, I think, in, in the span of like three or four years, I think. Um, they're, but they're, they haven't been releasing a whole lot, and what they have been releasing has been like either mediocre or broken. Um, Battlefield 4, uh, The Sims 4, whatever, was like not... A, a, I don't think that was as big of a release as they hoped for, although that's a weird audience where like people buy it, but they're not really gamers. They're not real gamers. They're they're just that's like one of the only games they play. Like moms buy that game for some reason. Um, and then uh, there's like what was it? Uh, Sim City that was pretty broken and uh, it pissed off a whole lot of people. Um, and yet people still think that company is valuable. I think because from from what I've seen from EA is like uh, they they seem aware of. <laughs> the problem with broken games or mediocre releases and, and they're trying to do something about that maybe, maybe. Um, we'll see if that turns out to be true with stuff like Battlefront and Mirror's Edge. But uh, yeah, I think, I think we're going to see, I think 2015 is going to be the start of a period where we're going to see which game companies are going to take advantage of what's been happening and which ones are going to fail because of it. Like uh, it's, it's it could be really interesting. It's gonna be a year of judgment. Yeah, I, I I hope some I hope some good games come out. Like as far as major releases, like AAA games, not a lot of those have been interesting to me lately. The ones that I was excited for ended up being really like like Watch Dogs, like that ended up being nothing. Uh, and most of them are sequels, which I really. At least sequels to games that I don't really care about that much, like Assassin's Creed and shit like that, which like I could I, I, I couldn't care less. Uh, so I would I would like to see I'd like to see a little bit of risk taking, but also some more focus on just polishing a game and not polishing it in the way that Bungie polishes their games, which is just taking a butcher knife to it, <laughs> but just yeah. actually making a quality experience. Yeah, and. We've already seen some of it happening. Like, we don't have, even though we have rumors that it's two to four months away now, we don't have a release date for The Phantom Pain. We don't have a release date. Well, sorry. We do have a release date for Bloodborne, but it was pushed back from its original yeah, date. Yeah. Like, delays are good. It's always good to see delays. Yeah, and it's weird because I, I, I struggle to think of games that haven't been delayed. Major games, I, I don't know of hardly any that just... Well, there are a delay. lot. There are a lot that didn't see a delay. There just aren't a lot of good ones that didn't see it. Right, or unbroken ones. <laughs> um, like Assassin's Creed, I don't think was delayed, and look what happened. But uh, it, yeah, that it, it has become almost commonplace for just games. Like you see a game's release date, and if you're more than four months away, you can expect it to be delayed almost. Like there's a good fifty percent chance it'll be delayed, uh, which is kind of weird. But uh, but I agree, it's it's almost always a good thing. Whenever I see a release date, like when a release date is first announced, I just, in my mind, I say, okay, it could come out anywhere between that date and six months from that date. Yeah. Uh, unless it's Bioshock Infinite, in which case it comes out like 16 months from that date. <laughs> I think it might have been even more okay, than that. All that time. All that time wound up being... <laughs> they were making such a good game. And they released a perfect experience. By the I end. think like Bioshock Infinite is an example of... 
a delay being a bad thing probably because they they probably like they just were, had no focus by the end. They were changed. They were like, we don't even know what this game is anymore, and they were trying to like, they were trying to desperately fix a game that was just yeah, like you said, completely unfocused, and 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 then they just ended up creating a game with that was still unfocused but just different from what they were planning. I don't know, like that that was weird. Uh, I think most games probably improve from delays, but I'm not sure that one did. <laughs> but who knows what it was like before it was delayed? I don't know. Yeah, like if if the time is used well, then yeah, then it's going to benefit. But or yeah, the, there, or there is a such thing as over revision. Yeah, if the if the reason you're delaying is because you look at your game, you step back and you say this is a mess, like this is just we don't even know what this is supposed to be, then your delay probably is just you're too late. Like that game's fucked. Uh, but if you look back and you say this game, it seems like this section is too long in the single player, or you know, this the there needs to be more balancing or something like that. Then that's that's the stuff you delay for, and that's the stuff that, that you're just going to create a better game. I, I I think too many companies. Well, I, I say this. I, it's it seems like it's been, and this is conjecture again, but it seems like there's been a lot of games that just somewhere in development or all the way through development. They couldn't figure out what exactly they wanted their game to be, and and it just was a mess. Uh, yep. Yeah, it's really common. <laughs> but I don't know. Yeah, there's there's enough good coming out though in 2015 that I'm very optimistic. Is actually is there anything Yoshi's Woolly World kind of looks cool? Uh, yeah, if you're into that. <laughs> hey. Whatever. It's an interesting art style. <laughs> um, but yeah. Are you? Do you think you'll pick up a Wii U at some point? Uh, it depends if I find people who live around me that actually play video games, which is kind of unlikely. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, is a big deal. I don't know anyone. Yeah, I don't know anyone in like who lives in Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> I know there's people in Birmingham, Alabama who plays video games, but I don't know any of them. Uh, it's it's like my brother-in-law plays video games, but I've mentioned how you know he he plays like Call of Duty and stuff. So I I, I I don't have someone that I can like the Wii U. I feel like you're not going to get a very good experience unless you have someone to play with in person. Um, That's right. So everybody listening, email Skippy at. I'm looking. I'm looking for buddies. Pictures of uh, your full address written on your genitals. Please, please don't. PM that everybody right now. Flood that inbox. He's looking for friends. M4F. M4A. Yeah, definitely. Uh, if you want to play games with me, do that. We'll, yeah, we'll start a we'll start a let's play. Harder, it would be harder to justify buying that if you didn't have people to play with, like yeah. physically there. And I'm just there, not. There is such a big emphasis on couch co-op for things like um, Bayonetta has couch co-op, and uh, Mario Kart 8 is way more fun in person. Same I, with Smash. The thing is, like, I appreciate Nintendo games for what they are, and I enjoy them for what they are. But they're not at all on the top of my list for like games I want. Like games I want are just like, it's not at all in that genre of, of of games that that I'm really looking for. Uh, but like if I if it's just a completely dead period of time and I, there's a few months where I'm just like I want some a new experience or something that I might pick one up. But like as long as there's games that are holding my attention on the PC and stuff, I. I I, there's not much reason for me I to guess, buy a Wii U. I guess it's kind of hard for me to put myself in that that position because I always grew up on Nintendo games, and so like they're just a part of my taste. 
yeah. I can't even imagine games without them. But I don't know. I I think you'd like them. I think once you get that that I would like them. I just don't think that I can justify getting a whole console for them. That's true. That's true. And of know. course, it's it definitely makes sense to hesitate to buy these next gen consoles. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, PS4. I it's sitting in my feet, and I forget it's there. Basically all the time until my feet bump into it and then I remember that it exists because there's just no reason to play it. That's that's your Amazon review for the PS4. <laughs> Speaking of Amazon reviews, I I was looking at these Amazon reviews. They're the funniest things I've ever read <laughs> in my entire life. Like um, pretty good. God, just going to anything like um like Minecraft Xbox, like oh lord, one one star from like Patricia Dairy Pale or something, and then it'll say lost receipt, frowny face, <laughs> <laughs> or just just the weirdest like reviews of old games too, like reviews of Mario sixty four. One guy wrote like um like. Five paragraphs just about how how painfully difficult it is, and just how impossible Mario sixty four was, and that it was like this piece of shit, and he he would rather play Advanced Warfare. It, it's fun. oh god, yeah. Amazon reviews can be a goldmine. Um, I I guess I'll mention I um I actually bought a joystick yesterday for like flight sims and stuff. Uh, I was I was looking for like a specific kind of joystick where you've got the throttle and the joystick like on separate spots so you can like use your left hand for throttle and stuff. But those are uh, about twice as much as just getting a normal joystick with like the throttle built in and shit like that. So I, I just ended up spending like twenty five bucks on a kind of cheap Logitech joystick. And if I like it a lot, then maybe I'll get a more expensive one. But um, I'm really looking forward to like playing Arma and War Thunder and shit. And and I might even get like. Do you think that uh, your skills that you've gotten from playing with a mouse and keyboard are going to translate? Or are you I think to some extent, but I I've played with a joystick once in my life when like flight sims, um, and it was a long time ago, like I think like preteens. Um, so I, I don't I don't know I don't know. It'll be an interesting experience. I I think you know in the end like if you know how to fly a helicopter in Arma like in the new flight model or whatever. Then you know, like the quirks of flying a helicopter in Arma, and that that's instantly a a a step ahead you have of someone else, or or, or like uh, of just beginning. But I think controlling with a mouse is very different from controlling with a joystick, and it's going to be uh, hard to adjust. But that's going to be part of the fun for me. I, I I look forward to like I'm probably going to like stream my first time playing with it and just kind of fooling around with it. It's going to be fun. Sounds good. Hopefully it'll arrive tomorrow. We'll see. So. If that's all we've got, then we can end on a funny bit here. I love uh, funny bits. Yeah, so I just pulled, I bookmarked these Amazon reviews because they were so good. And I want you to guess what game this person is reviewing, okay? Alright. This is the entire review. It's a one-star rating, okay, called Don't Buy. The whole thing crashes when you play it and moves the thing for you. It's like a ghost is playing the game while you just sit there with the remote doing nothing. <laughs> All right, guess that game. Oh my god, I, I don't know. I, I I don't even have the faintest idea. The whole thing crashes and it moves for you. Minecraft. <laughs> what? <laughs> this is a review of Minecraft for Xbox. So yeah, I don't know if 
if I've played this this game, maybe I'm I'm in a different universe, but I don't remember a ghost playing the game for That's, me. Like, and imagine the kind of person that that wrote that review. Like, is it an adult or is it a child? Like, it's it's really hard to picture. Um, yeah, and I didn't bookmark this one, but somebody else like um, wrote something about Minecraft, and it was just some other bizarre thing that's not in the fucking game. It was something like, my son couldn't get past the testimonial part. <laughs> like, what the, what the fuck? What a testimony... How could you even confuse anything in that game for a testimonial? Anyway. I so, that's... I don't know. I just had to share that. That's Amazon reviews are a gold mine because it's a very specific portion of people who will buy a product and then review it on Amazon, especially for products Pissed that like grandmothers, yeah, or great aunts. I especially who don't like anything. Especially like reviews for products that are like two dollar little like trinkets and like no, not at all worth their time to review or to read these reviews. But people will like write paragraphs on paragraphs about them. Like Jesus Christ, this is what people do. But hey, we're judging them, and we're doing a podcast about video games, so who knows? That's true, and that's why <laughs> you should all also like, favorite, subscribe, yeah, review, leave positive reviews in the comments, so you'll be banned. Yep. Um, so that's pushed a shout, everybody. Thanks for watching. We have fun making it, entertaining you. You can expect us again at the same time next week, maybe a little earlier. I had some technical problems, so we had to keep. Yeah, way to go with that. Yeah, dude. I don't. I don't. Maybe I, after that, maybe I should bore you with all the details. But Jesus Christ, like nothing is working, or like the stuff that does work is not working. It's Speaking weird. of things not working, this is the first time that your camera has been a good frame rate and decent quality the whole podcast. Well, well, this this is the first time I think that it's um, done on this camera. Like the rest, of, I think I've been doing the camera on my laptop. It's Great. it's been bizarre and there's bizarreness ahead I'm still not done the configuration and the setup but by next week those kinks will probably be hammered out um, so yeah there's going to be a RSS link in the description like there always is on the show notes you can also uh, go to the different times it'll all be listed there for you Thanks yeah for we're working hard to make the uh, little description for it a little bit more detailed so you can go to your favorite part of the podcast right away that's a great idea. Great it's suggestion. Just, I forgot the name of the person who suggested that, but we've, we've actually got some really good criticism in the comments uh, and put like on the website where people are just giving us nice little suggestions on how to improve it, and we really appreciate that. So if you do have any suggestions, just comment. We, we do read them. So. Okay, and uh, let me just type something in the chat here. Slash ban all... <laughs> That is All a right. command. On, not, on that note, we can end the show. So thanks for listening, guys. Tune in next week. I'm Brutal. I'm Skippy. See ya. Bye-bye.